This is the icon, Matt Hardy, the man who is stronger than death. And you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello everybody, welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode 307 for January 2nd, 2023. Hello, I am Marty. I'm Kristoff, welcome to a uh, new year, same pod. We yes. ain't changing shit. So yeah. new year, new you, same <laughs> us. <laughs> we are as status quo as they get, friends. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and look, th- th- there will be a time of renewal, uh, if only because uh, you know, like AEW is changing its theme music on mm-hmm. Wednesday. So uh, there'll there'll be new drops. There'll be new things. We'll have an entire Russell Kingdom show to talk about next week. Light the fuse. Yeah. Bring the boom. R.I.P. Yes. Three years. Three years strong. Yeah. Uh, three, almost four. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, when you look at, like, this past week in particular, mm-hmm. much like the prior week's episode. Uh, Should we do a clip show? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it's almost what it feels like. There are some things we're talking about. But, like, Monday was a pre-taped Raw. So nothing, right. nothing happened on Monday. So everything got pushed to Friday. So it's come to this Monday night raw clip show. <laughs> and that's what it was. And it wasn't even a raw clip yeah. show. It was like a WWE year in review clip show, um, yeah, though yeah. it had a had a new promo from uh, one Cody Rhodes uh, talking about his yeah. for 2023. And it looks like. The old Cody Rhodes brick wall has jumped to WWE as well as that was behind him. Uh, in the I don't background. know, man. It's all it's only smoke and mirrors. I can't <laughs> oh, I can't get into that sort of. Uh, but one thing I wanted to talk about at the top of the show, a bit of a bummer to kick off the top of the show. Uh, is oh no! The 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 passing the great comments. Uh, no, oh. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, but the the passing of former TNA announcer and amazing shop at home spokesperson Don West. Uh, who passed yes. away uh, this past week after a lengthy battle with cancer. Um, Chris, I know that you weren't necessarily an OG TNA guy, uh, but but what level of of exposure to Don West did you have? Um, I had very little exposure to the guy, at least knowingly. I mean, I, I watched sure. some Impact back in the day. Um, I remember Mike Tanay. Um, cause then that, I don't even remember who else I remember from that era of impact. It was like, I, I dabbled in the aces and eights era because mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. said it was good. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's really the, the most I got. Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming he was around at that point. Um, but not, you know, un, unbeknownst to me, but gotcha, known to gotcha. you. Uh, so he, he was in TNA from, uh, his prime era was from 2002, the inception of the company to, to 2012. So he had a 10 okay. year run yeah. with the company. Um, but I first knew of him due to his antics on shop at home. Okay. Uh, in the late nineties, there were few things more entertaining to a bunch of wrestling nerds up late at night at a friend's house than some dude screaming about Pokemon cards at, you know, 2 a.m. And uh, that that was my first exposure to Don West as this incredibly enthusiastic, uh, gotcha. hard to uh, deter uh, salesman. Uh, he he was his way of doing those um, those promotions were uh, truly one of a kind. And then, of course, when I found out he was going to be the voice of TNA, I was like, well, that that's going to be a train wreck. But what is interesting is his passion actually became the most watchable aspect of him and, and sometimes even of TNA as a product. Uh, he was a guy who genuinely sure. was a fan of pro wrestling and genuinely became a fan of 
uh, some of the different talents they featured. So it was hard to not appreciate his enthusiasm, especially when he was paired with Mike Tanay. Mike Tanay had an incredible um, mental Rolodex of information. So to have that mm-hmm. offset by a guy who uh, was more enthusiasm than knowledge, like it, it just worked as a duo. It was, it was a good, it was a good sure. one two pairing. Um, there was a clip going around this week of uh, when uh, the Amazing Red first won the X Division title. So this was like 2002, 2003, when they were still in the fairgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got so enthusiastic about his match with Loki, he's literally standing on the commentary desk chanting, Go Red, go! Go Red, go! And it got the like the entire fairgrounds to start chanting with him. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, it's it's hard to shit on a guy who really loved what he did the way that guy did. I mean, yeah, um, I never heard a bad thing about him. Yeah. Uh, really, the worst thing you could say is there were times where uh, our former uh, podcasting network colleague decided, you know what? We're going to put you in an angle, Don. And they uh, tried doing heel Don West, oh. which um yeah, the less said about the better. But uh, okay. uh, he uh, he unfortunately, this was his second round with cancer. He had had cancer, fought it, thought he won it. It mm-hmm. came back. And then uh, this past I think it was this past Thursday uh, passed away. Only 59 years old, which mm. uh, brutal. Um, but Our time here is short. So it, indeed it is. Hug your loved ones. Very much so. Hold them close. Um, but uh truly one of a kind and uh you know it, it, there was a, a number of different twitter threads going around with some of the highlights of his commentary career i mm-hmm. highly recommend dear listeners uh or listener <laughs> uh that you go down that rabbit hole because uh the, the the guy was truly something special so yeah yeah i'll do that when i'm back at work tomorrow there you go Perfect way to kick off a new year at work. Uh, But hey, I I legally have to hit this button. Otherwise, we can't be a wrestling podcast. The World Wrestling Federation. All right. So, uh, like I said, everything kind of got pushed to SmackDown. But the night before SmackDown, or sorry, two nights before SmackDown, we got kind of a surprise. Because uh, the game struck once again. Oh. Shortly after winning the AAA tag team titles from FTR, it was revealed that Dragon Lee had signed with WWE and will be reporting this month to WWE as a part of the NXT brand. Yeah, that was uh, really out of left field um, for a multitude of reasons. (laughs) Uh, The biggest one, I guess for us was you know dragon lee had pretty much been to us uh, a new japan talent you know and and ring of honor as well um but you know he was a a junior heavyweight um iwgp champion at one point was in multiple best of the super juniors tournaments uh was the one who broke hiromu's neck yeah Uh, the generational uh challenger to hiromu i mean their matches uh in cmll when uh, Hiromu was doing his excursion, excursion were what put, put put them both on the map. Yeah, they brought that feud to Japan, had some crazy matches. Uh, I've never had the full story confirmed, uh, but it is said that he basically burnt his bridge with New Japan because he refused to um, quarantine for what was it Best of Super Juniors two thousand mm. or two thousand one? One of the two. He he was supposed to be on like that 15 day quarantine in the mm-hmm. hotel room. And he like left two days in, uh, and that's not he, great. Yeah. That, that got him some heat and that's why he hadn't been back. But wow. to your point, we'd seen him recently in AEW having a killer trios match with the elite as part of the trios title tournament. Yeah. Uh, and he had some appearances in ring of honor, including having a really great match with his shoot brother, Roosh, Mm-hmm. Uh, at uh, the Death Before Dishonor show, but he wasn't signed. Yeah, and and that's really the key thing in all of this. He was not yet signed. Um, details have come out subsequently that he had been approached with a deal, 
but he wanted to see if WWE would match or beat it. Uh, apparently, the deal he has been given is not as good as the AEW deal, but the idea is he's the top paid guy in NXT. Okay. And he will be moved to the main roster after a year or two. I mean, it, it's not, it's certainly not like he needs any seasoning from no. NXT no. at all. I mean, he's, he's ready. He's, you know, been on very grand. Was it, he was in the, wasn't he in the uh, farewell match for Liger as well? Or yeah. one of them? Yeah, he was in one of them. I, yeah. I think he was in one of the eight mans. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, the guy. Wait, wait no, it was a tag match. It was, uh, it was it like was Hiromu and Him and, and Hiromu. Yeah, yeah. Or him. Or, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the guy certainly does not need uh, to learn how to work TV or anything like that. No. Um, but, I, and I wonder how much of this decision had been influenced by some of the current people under contract at AEW who may or may not be so happy with their current uh, conditions under the con the regime over there. I mean, uh, it, you it's know. certainly possible. Because the the story, as it was reported in the Observer this past weekend, is his issue with AEW is he would not be on TV every week. Okay, well, so he was concerned that he would not be uh, a heavily featured talent. Um, and that's fair. That's fair. Uh, again, to to belabor a point, it is so weird that you look back one generation of professional wrestling. The number of people who were in WCW who were doing nothing and getting paid and loved it. Yeah. Versus now we're in this new modern wrestling war and people are mad because they aren't on television and they aren't working. Well, if you're not doing a TV match, are you can you be gifable? I mean, that's and yeah. that's kind of I, I guess you're right. I guess that's what it is. You're not maybe being brought that's up on the mindset. Twitter. You're yeah, not, not getting the gifts. You're not getting the likes. You're not getting all these things. Oh boy, the holy shit retweets and everything. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, look, um, get paid. I, I'm always a proponent oh, for yeah. getting paid. Um, you know, whether or not it'll lead to me watching them or not. In this case, most likely not. <laughs> the the joke I made was fantastic. I now have one match per week to watch on NXT. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Depends on who he's going against. Yeah, <laughs> some schmuck I've never heard of. I'm not going to waste my see, time. Uh, Dragon Lee versus JD McDonough. Oh, is that the 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 weird Irish face guy? The yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, or or Elseworld Devitt. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that guy. Braun Breaker versus Dragon Lee. Yeah. No. Pass. No. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't care for that. Some random chump they just pulled out of. Uh, Brother, I, I got a New Japan Dragon World Lee. subscription I haven't used in quite some time. I could just search for Dragon Lee and find some good shit in there. You so. know, that, that is a fair point. Also, uh, <laughs> I, I would imagine that given the current PG regulations of WWE, they're going to be increasing the size of his very tiny tights. Uh, <laughs> they don't leave a lot to the imagination. They do not. That that dude has the tiniest tiny pants in pro wrestling. Yeah, hands yeah, down. yeah. Yeah, he's so. definitely smuggling some things over the border, if you know what I'm saying. Yes, yes, very much so. Anyway, SmackDown was live this week. It was a big show because it had the return of John Cena. It ended up being the highest rated edition of SmackDown on Fox, I think, ever. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, at least Yikes. At least as people extrapolate the, uh, 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 the details that have come out so far from the ratings. We'll know for sure, I believe, tomorrow. Yikes. Um, but, uh... Really, there's not a lot to say about John Cena's involvement because he did nothing, was tagged in for the finish. He hit uh, an attitude adjustment on Roman Reigns. That Wait, he pinned Roman Reigns? He did not. Okay. That allowed Sorry. Owens to hit the stunner on Sammy and then get to three count, and it looks like they're going to build to Owens gotcha. getting a title shot. Um, there's also some belief okay. that Cena is one of the people that's in the backup list for Roman, which is why they had him do the uh, AA. Uh, he did not take a single bump. He only came in for that house of fire spot. Uh, and he showed us that the, uh, that time is undefeated as, uh, the back of his head looked very yep. Hogan-esque. Yeah, it was much like mine had I actually grown hair out. Um, yeah. yeah. 
okay, a couple things. Sure. Didn't they just do Roman and Owens at last year's Royal Rumble? Uh, or was that two Rumbles that ago? That was two Rumbles ago. Last year was uh, Seth Rollins. Man, shit blurs together. Okay. okay. All right. So I remember that terrible um, spot with the handcuffs that mm-hmm. weren't working, and it was just uh, just abysmal. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. So it's been a couple of years since Lisa has done that. Um, and, I mean, you know, I wasn't expecting Cena to go out there and, and, and work the majority of the match or anything like that. He was there to pop some ticket sales, pop a rating, and, uh, you know, lay some groundwork for the possibility if, if, uh, if Dwayne's too busy sulking his uh, defeat from Black Adam to, you know – to go out there and, and perform at WrestleMania. So, yeah, I realized I don't think we've really dug too much into to, to Dwayne oh, uh, on, on here. Uh, let, let's take a quick digression. Uh, Dwayne learned that pro wrestling backstage politics do not work in Hollywood. No, brother. He learned that <laughs> shit in real time in front of all of us. Oh, he was, he, I mean, he's, he was working the gimmick as he, he, he would 100% love to say. Was. He's, but, uh, he was buttering up management. He was getting his guys lined up for his future main events. Yeah, and, uh, right. Yeah, Henry Cavill. Yeah, and uh, well, he put over Hawkman. Uh, maybe not so much Adam Smasher, uh, or whatever she was supposed to be. I don't remember her character's name. Definitely put over Doctor Fate, but he got killed off. Spoiler, yeah, exactly. So. That that was putting over a legend on his way out. Yeah, right. Uh, but <laughs> turned out didn't draw any box office, so immediately nope. uh, he got taken from the top spot. Sorry, kid, you're gone. Yeah, New yeah, yeah. Is coming in. Yeah, no, you you had your uh, cup of coffee in the main event here, bud. But yeah. um, you power know. Of the pencil is gone, my friend. It's it's back down to the IC title division for you, fella. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the the thing that really sucks for him is the other company that he's doing so good at. He pissed off the top star there, so him and Vin can't do a movie together. So uh, well, that... he's got the XFL, <laughs> right? <laughs> is he still doing that? He is. He okay. Is. It's supposed to start in April, I think. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I mean, yeah. okay, so the movie Black Adam. Yes. Was barely a movie. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it was, was barely anything. It was a series of scenes that looked cool. It was it was a pre-viz reel. Y- yes. Yeah, no, that's a great way to describe it. Um, it was just, you know, uh, it was five minutes of exposition in between battle scenes. Yeah. Of this super OP guy just wrecking a bunch of, you know, NPCs. There was uh, no struggle at all. <laughs> no, it wasn't even close. I mean, some of the, the JSA, I'm using a lot of acronyms here. Uh, the, the JSA fights Black Adam stuff, you know, was okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like you so aptly put, you know, cut to skateboarding kid through Middle Eastern town sort of things. Just uh, why, why does he like, need a smart aleck teen side uh, boy, teach, to, to teach him how to use a catchphrase? Obviously. Yeah. Like uh, it was just a baffling movie from top to bottom. And not only that, and I don't know if this was a choice because of the character. I've seen Dwayne in a bunch of things and he's he isn't okay actor at times yeah when when he commits himself pain and gain he's phenomenal in that wooden as fuck here but again i don't know if that was a choice for the character or just yeah you know i, some I think cracks, he was just supposed uh, to be stoic and, and all of that did not work yeah also very weird he was asked to cameo in the new shazam and said no thank you why would you say no thank you? He wanted nothing to do with Shazam from the jump. He wanted just to do Brother, you cast the same guy to play the fucking wizard. I know. I know. <laughs> you you're inextricably in, you're linked. Yeah, you are aligned. You are <laughs> you, uh, you you're in the you're same together. universe. You use the same fucking actors, the same word for fuck's sake, the word yeah. that you use to turn on and off your powers, which is so weird, but whatever, um, is the word Shazam. And there's a Shazam movie coming out in a couple months. Yep. He didn't want to do it. He wanted to focus on his big match with Superman. I mean, look, I get. I mean, in retrospect, wanna... if you look at it, that fucking DC Super Pets movie was also just to build the him versus Superman. Which he was, what, Superman's dog? He was Superman's dog, and then there's a post credit scene where Black Adam and Black Adam's dog show up. Oh, my God. Get in the face of Superman and Crypto. Man, he really fucking wormed his way in there for, for a hot minute there, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, did. he hoganed himself. He completely <laughs> yeah. hoganed himself. Yeah, I know. That's the best way to put it. And then, well, you know. Uh, it took a, it was a lot quicker for Hollywood to figure out uh, than it took for the wrestling business to figure out, for sure. Yeah. 
that uh, this shit ain't gonna fly. So, so yeah, no more, no Black Adam uh, sequels, despite what he's trying to work on uh, the social medias. Yep. Uh, look, you know, James Gunn and Peter Serafan or whatever his name is mm-hmm. taking over and reorganizing DCU. That's, I mean, I mean, the Batman's in his own world, mm-hmm. which is fine because Matt Reeves. We'll get into that and our uh, divided. I'll, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, that sh- that worked. Absolutely. You know, like it was not linked to anything else. It was his own sort of thing. Yet they still have this Shazam sequel coming out, still in, in universe. And we still have the Flash coming out, which is in universe. Is this still coming out? It's coming out in June. Okay, we'll see. Yeah. I'm sorry to take that uh, your stance of I'll, I'll believe it when I see it uh, sort of thing. I just want to say who got proven right after all these years about Black Adam. A, technically not a real movie. B, <laughs> total shit show. Well, in terms of plot, it's not a real movie, but in terms of uh, a t- uh, hour fifty-four minute piece of content being shown in movie theaters, it would qualify as a movie. Uh, I, I, I will, I will absolutely take the L on that. But <laughs> if you watched difference. it, that shit was not a real movie. That was oh, I, I watched it at home, and I was just, I, I not, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, speaking of terrible creative, it was announced on SmackDown. That Bray Wyatt will finally officially return to the ring. This is, of course, after he appeared at the uh, Madison Square Garden house show on Uh the 26th and broke his finger in a match. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Sorry, my coffee almost went everywhere. Yeah. In his first match back, he broke his finger. Yes, he got hindered by gender. Oh, buddy. Jinder Mahal broke his finger, or he broke his finger while wrestling Jinder Mahal. Jinder doing the Lord's work. Uh, But uh, it's going to be him versus LA Knight at the Royal Rumble in a... Are you ready for this, Chris? What kind of stupid gimmick do they come up with? It's a Mountain Dew pitch black match. Stop it. You've got to be fucking with me. Mountain Dew pitch black match. Wow. Shameless. Shameless. Over yeah. there with the money. Yeah. You know, bloodthirsty Saudi Royals. Yeah, sure. We'll take your money. Mountain Dew want to sponsor a match. Yeah, sure. We'll take your money. Yep. Stridex want to sponsor your Yeah, your, you want to pop back up, your man. Monday Night Raw. Where are you at? You know? Jesus yeah. Christ. You can get my material to do a spot for you or something. To prove it, by the way. This is. Now, you might ask. That's just sad. So, okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's the what are the rules? What are the parameters here? Not established. Completely unexplained. Okay. Great. No detail whatsoever. Okay. uh, It's just we're we're gonna have that. What's Uh, with the lightning? Is that a is that a a a Royal Rumble gimmick or is that is that on the label for Pitch Black? uh, Yes, both. Okay. Okay. Is Pitch Black presenting the whole show or just this particular match? Presenting the whole show, but it is the Pitch Black match. I see. I yes. see. Hmm. Okay. I don't yeah. know if I've ever had Mountain Dew Pitch Black. Uh, I, I believe it is a recent release. I mean, I'm a big Code Red uh, proponent over here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as one you know would imagine. Uh, not shockingly enough, not a fan of the Baja Blast. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know why. Doesn't uh, doesn't appease some of my taste buds in the certain way that you would hope. Uh, a delicious uh, syrupy cocktail from a Taco Bell dispenser would, you know. I, I was about to share. A story. You know what? Fuck it, I'll share it. Uh, Do it. You know, uh, it, 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 listeners, uh, if you're in mixed company, you might want to pause here. Uh, a friend of mine told me a great story once. She was at IKEA and she's behind what was clearly a a, 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 a lesbian couple, mm-hmm. uh, and they had just come from Taco Bell because one had you know the noticeable large cup sure. that comes from Taco Bell. When the girl goes is drinking, goes ah, love me some Baja Blast. The other one looks at her and goes, yeah, I'm about to Baja Blast that pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Shout then out to my friend later. Megan for telling me that story. That one's not later mine. You walk by one of the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the frame door room, dorm rooms sort of thing, and then just uh, you know finger blasting happening in the, in the, in the back, <laughs> just as it would happen in a normal college dorm, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, Look, the IKEA, 
don't build a fake college dorm unless you want real college dorm things to happen in it. Come right? On. Yeah. Like, I I want to bring a sixer into Ikea and just, you know, start shotgunning them as a family walks by. <laughs> like, you want the college experience? This is it, brother. Yeah. Anyway, uh, in the angle to build of the pitch black match, great news. Uncle Howdy showed up and attacked Bray Wyatt. Okay. Well, and okay. it's clearly Bo. Congratulations, Bo. It is yeah. clearly Bo. Did his real estate um, uh, business fail, or is this just his uh, brother calling in a brother, I need your help? I, I think it's his brother calling in a favor. And also, you know, Triple H has to continue to reassemble his team of, I don't even know, experts? Like, what? what is the word? Of, yeah, former, just former NXT people. That's really all. You know, speaking of former people making a return, oh boy. Charlotte Flair returned to the WWE. Oh, yeah. She worked us Smackdown. all. Yeah. Worked us all. We all thought she was in Rome with her husband, yeah. Andrade. Yeah, no. Posted a photo at the Trevi Fountain. Lovely, she, uh, lovely piece of art. Though she might have been previously. Sure. Well, yeah, it wasn't Photoshop, but yeah. She showed up on Smackdown. Uh, we had the uh, Raquel Gonzalez Ronda Rousey match. How'd that go? Uh Short, sweet, no one gave a shit, exactly mm-hmm. as you would expect. Ronda ended up winning, so Charlotte comes out, challenges her to a match immediately. And Ronda accepts? Yes! What? Oh, I mean, I know she's a shoot moron, but man, now, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is, that's, just, that's just foolish. So Ronda ends up losing clean to Charlotte Flair, who had a title shot because... Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair. Yeah. And uh, she is the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Boy. What's she up to, like eight or nine already? Uh, you know what? That is a great question. Uh, while I look at that, let us consider the state of one Ronda Rousey. Okay. I mean, there's no heat. Like, none. I even forgot she was there. Yeah. She came back for the second run, and who gives just, a shit? Answer? Just another, no. just another lady. Yeah. Uh, absolute mess. Absolute mess. No name recognition anymore. I mean, none. Although she is on a lot of ads for the mobile game Raid Shadow Legends that I've watched over the course of this holiday week. Uh, what is it? What is that uh, about? I I don't know because, like most TV ads for mobile games, they kind of hide what the game actually is and just show you a bunch of CG. Sure. This was her. Uh, forcing her way into the studio of Raid Shadow Legends, demanded she be added to the game, and then picking out her own weapon. Okay. Yeah. All real, right. real captivating shit. Huh. Uh, anyway. Uh, I mean, it, I, I know our beloved Marvel Snap is very guilty of that with their advertising as well. So Yes. Yeah. Those ads are terrible and don't make any sense. No. But that's how mobile game ads work. Now, Chris, yeah. uh, if we are counting... Uh, the Divas Championship separate from the Raw Women's Championship, which was the okay. Women's Championship. And we are counting the SmackDown Women's Championship clearly. Uh, and, of course, the NXT Women's Championship. She is a six-time Raw Women's Champion. Okay. Seven-time SmackDown Women's Champion. <laughs> wow. So that takes us to 13. Two-time NXT Women's Champion. That's right. That would be uh, 15. 15, yeah. And one-time Divas Champion. So she's already tied her father if she's we're counting the already Divas tied her father. If we are counting Diva and NXT. Wow. That's I mean, I remember the, the volume back and forth within the month of, uh, you know, three or four title changes between her and Sasha, you know, six years ago or some shit like that. Yep. Um, God, when was her when was the oh, it was 2015 was their main roster debut? I yeah think i remember this because the four horsewomen made that or three horsewomen made their debut uh while i was seeing an advanced screening of ant-man down at uh arundel mills yes. <laughs> on a monday night and the SummerSlam where they made their pay-per-view debut was one that you and justin hosted a live event for i probably blacked out during that so yeah wouldn't yeah. remember that but yeah i that's that, that's my remembrance of that. Yo, oh yeah r.i.p r.i.p uh, really but yeah, uh, this wraps up, uh, I assume, the year uh, of Ronda Rousey. She started in January at the Rumble, returning. Um, she had a feud with Charlotte Flair. Uh, she 
um, defeated uh, uh, Charlotte for the title at WrestleMania Backlash, uh, had a bunch of random matches, randomly turned heel against Liv Morgan, and became just another lady. Albeit a dumb one. Yes, an incredibly dumb one. Garbage POVs. Yeah. POV? Yeah. It's 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 like kind of like RSBI RBIs run bad at ends. It should be RSBI. Yeah. It should be P's OV instead yeah. of POVs. That is true. The English language sucks. It does. It does. <laughs> uh, also, uh, just some general updates on WWE talent. AJ Styles is gonna be out for a while. He broke his ankle during a house show. Ouch. Yeah. So he's gonna be out for a bit. Uh, but hey, Drew McIntyre came back on Friday. So we've got oh yeah going for us. Uh, Crickets? Also. Cute uh, <laughs> Hang on. Big yeah. response for, okay. for Drew McIntyre. Uh-huh. Uh, also, uh, Gunther will be defending the Intercontinental Championship against Braun Strowman on Ooh. January 13th, SmackDown. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I believe it got uh, pushed to the 13th because Ricochet clocked... Uh, Gunther with a chair on Friday mm. and uh, swung too high and too hard and uh, oh. busted open uh, oh. legit. So, wow. Yeah. Can't wait to see that receipt. Yeah. Not really the guy who you want to get a receipt from. No, it chop your ass into the stratosphere. And I'm not talking about Trish Stratus's living room. No. No. I mean, who wouldn't want to be there? Oh, I don't know. She, you know, she probably makes you want to do yoga and shit. I mean, I do that anyway. Oh, you know what? That works for you. TDP, brother. All day, every day. Anyway, Not elsewhere day. <laughs> in the world of pro wrestling this week, uh, because it has been a generally quiet week, we talked about in AAA uh, that uh, Carlistico and uh, uh, Dragon, Dragon Lee won the tag belts from FTR. So FTR are now done to one belt. Which presumably they will be losing at the Tokyo Dome against uh, Goto mm-hmm. Yoshihashi. Um, Great Muda had his farewell match against Sinsuke Nakamura. The bye bye, the big bye bye. Yes, the the <laughs> Great Muda bye bye. Uh, and um, well, the match was more smoke and mirrors than anything else, which isn't a big sure. surprise because you have a WWE star doing a match at a non-WWE show. I mean, look, they went all out for the entrances. They even flew in, uh, I, I forget his name, but the same violin player they had on multiple Mania shows. Oh, okay. They flew him in to do the entrance. Nice. Um, but the finish was Muda going for the Black Mist, Shinsuke kissing him mm-hmm. to catch said Mist. Then spitting the mist in the face of Muda and hitting the Kinshasa for the finish. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's good to see the COVID protocols are still in uh, <laughs> still in, in effect in Japan. Still in effect in Japan. Yeah. This would be not notable if not for the fact that in the post match, uh, Muda he asked if Shinsuke was queer because of the finish. Yeah, but doing so using the the word you're not supposed to use. Drop the F sharp. Yeah. Uh, not so great look there, Muda. Not no, so I mean, luck. he's what, 60 something, you know, yeah, he's got to be at least 60 now. It's it's I guess I don't know what the word to describe it is, but it's interesting at least to see that it's not just American people of that generation who feel a certain way about certain groups of people. Yeah, uh, yeah, at least it's uh, international. It's a, at least a worldwide uh, sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Fucking I'm boomers, man. <laughs> not great. Not great. But you know what? Speaking of something great, it's a shame. he's bye bye now. So yeah, peace out. Uh, but speaking of something great, let us for the last time listen to what was I feel, feel like a great intro theme. That of course is the theme of AEW Dynamite, which was one half of New Year Smash. This past week, Denver, Colorado, well, just yeah. outside Denver, Colorado, which for Trivia Hounds was the uh, the last venue they appeared at prior to COVID shutdowns. So that was that same venue oh, wow. they were out on Wednesday was the one where uh, the world shut down during the show. 
So yeah, yeah, I remember that. So just kind of a, a, a weird note there. Um, you know, I, I mean, look, if I were more pessimistic, I'd point out the fact that for some reason we're closing down inbound travel from China and we're concerned about COVID numbers again and all of I mean, that. But yeah, holiday get togethers will do that. Yeah, yeah, true. It's not like we're just repeating history. Again. No, 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 no. We would never do such a thing in this no. country. No, no, no. Way too smart for that. Not at all. Anyway, show kicked off with Brian Danielson against Ethan Page. Chris, I'm going to say it. Ethan Page's best match ever. Uh, at least that I've seen for sure. Yeah. I mean, again, as we've said multiple times, uh, Brian Danielson could carry uh, each of us mm-hmm. or together to a four star match. Plus, yeah. so uh, the work done here, you know, I don't know if this was if it was Brian carrying or if Paige was like, all right, I really need to fucking nut up here um, yeah. or a combination of both. But yeah, it was a it was a very good match. Yeah. It good was, opener it, for the show. This was a really good awesome. in ring. Like they're they're on a streak of really good in ring uh, dynamites here. Yeah. Yeah. I just wish Rampage would follow the same. Well, uh, I, I recognize it's Rampage. And also I recognize it was a Rampage being filmed while a blizzard was starting. Oh, really? You're wondering why the crowd reaction tapered off throughout the show. Uh, That's why. Did not know that. Yes. Um, But uh, (laughs) Danielson wins with the uh, Basaku knee into wrist capture stomps and then into the the regal stretch for the finish, which I thought was a classy move. Yeah. He stares down MJF, who was hanging out with the Schlegel special in (laughs) the uh, (laughs) private booths at the top of the arena. Yeah, somebody did a uh, somebody on Twitter posted that she's an indie wrestler. Yes, Shocker. Delilah Doom, I think her name yeah, is something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we had a video package for the Joey Samoe Wardlow match, and then we went to Renee Paquette talking to Wardlow about Joe's actions and said, "Tonight is about action and it's not about words." And while doing so, Joey Samoe slides in with a steel pipe and takes out his leg. And and with that. Joey Samoe is our uh, I oh Roughhouse Podcast Wrestler of the Week. Yes, yeah, I got I gotta be ready for that. You gotta I be ready. Right, right. I mean, we're talking about Joey Samoe, so just you should always have your finger hovering over the that's true over the key there. Yeah, no, this was this was just beating him with a steel pipe and then talking shit while he's on the ground. I mean, that is yeah, that, that's good shit right there. That that is great shit. Uh, but then Renee Paquette getting her steps in this week. Sorry, Tony Schiavone. Uh, she's backstage with the Doctor Dark Order and Hangman Page. The Doctor said that uh, we're potentially two weeks away from Page being cleared, which would be just in time for the big July 11th Los Angeles show. January 11th. Oh, let's sorry. let's pump the brakes January here. January 11th. I'm not trying to jump forward six months. My already. bad. My bad. January 11th. Uh, <laughs> Los Angeles show. You yeah. notice, by the way, that with AEW, there always seems to be like a pre-debut debut. I just was thinking about this, how they had the first episode of Rampage, which was the one that was headlined by Christian and Kenny Omega. Uh-huh. And then the next week on Rampage was the Punk debut. Right. So they're doing the big January 4th rebrand and everything. But then January 11th is the big show with the ladder match, the mystery partner tag yeah, now, yeah. Uh, Hangman against Mox. It's just kind of interesting that they basically do like a soft opening. Yeah, a soft opening. Exactly. Yeah. Which I don't understand. Soft opening. You know, one day the, the Bellagio was closed, then it was open. I don't understand that. <laughs> All right, Saul. Uh, look, you got it. Oh, no, that was Ruben. Sorry. Was it Ruben or was it Saul? It was Saul. It, it was, was Saul? Saul. I had it right. All right, yeah. P. Carl Reiner. Um yeah, you got to work the kinks out. You yeah, know? yeah, uh, and see. and we will see how all that plays out. I'm really interested in in what all they're changing. Um, yeah, I mean they they posted a little what 15 second teaser of yeah. like neon neon background screen sort of thing. So I'm curious to see how it all comes together. Curious to see are they going to keep the face and heel tunnels? Yeah, um, you know is is the the Cody Special Boy elevator that was most recently used for Powerhouse Hobbs is that uh, gone the way of the dodo or will they keep that around in some way? Uh, yeah, a lot of uh, you know the logo change perhaps or yeah. You any number of different things could occur, yeah. Uh, but we we will find out. Will I just... have to buy a new hoodie? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We will see. We will see. 
Hopefully it's on that same blank, the the varsity style. Yeah, blank. that's a good yeah, blank. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we then had John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli against Top Flight, which every single thing I motherfucked about uh, Darius and Mox last week. Yeah. Darius, if you listen, A, thank you. B, dude turned it around this week because this match wasn't just Mox and Claudio being awesome. This was Top Flight being assholes and i yeah. loved it yeah uh, they were uh it was it, so it, good it was it was snug it was innovative it was high flying it was exciting and fun to watch and you know you got claudio as as you know the alpha base yeah uh who just you know will will toss anybody up and around and uh it's it's always a delight to watch and and mox just you know being the shithead he is, is great. Yeah, it, it was just He's a, a great rough time. Yes, he, he is. Uh, Shooter, though, Shooter Amino, maybe not so much. He, his his jacket says he is, but <laughs> he's a cuddly little teddy bear of a guy. Come on. He's just hanging out in fucking jean overalls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I, don't, I don't know if that rough neck title is going to stick when he keeps dressing like that. Come on, Shooter. Come on. Uh, Renee Paquette was once again backstage, this time with Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford, Orange Cassie, and the best friends. Sabian said, hey, I eliminated you. I want an All-Atlantic title match. But Trent was like, hey, didn't I eliminate you? Maybe I should get a title shot. So Cassie goes, all right, cool, Trent. I'll face you on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like that OC is talking more. Yes. You know. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, it, it's very no bullshit. Like, it's just yeah. point A right. meets point we'll B. Fight. And suddenly we have a match on Rampage and everyone's confused. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's confused, yeah. Yes. Um, Hook had a squash match against the latest of great jobber names, Balaam Lynx. Oof. I mean, that's not as good as... Uh, Exodus Prime. Exodus Prime. I mean, that's that's yeah. uh, that's S-tier jobber name right yeah. there. E- Exodus Prime. Uh, but Hook getting... Transformers movie. Yeah, yeah. It, it retells the story of the Jews leaving uh, uh, of Egypt. You know, it, it's essentially an allegory of the Transformers having to leave Cybertron. You know what? Uh, I, I never. Oh my! You just you just opened up a new door into Transformers lore for me. I, I didn't realize. Mazeltov, Optimus. It's all right there, man. It's all right there. I mean, Optimus is clearly your Moses allegory here. It's all. You think uh, Lincoln Park can cover Havanagila? <laughs> well, not now. They lost Chester. Uh, uh, it's instrumental. <laughs> Just Mike Shinoda rapping having a gila over a sick beat from Mr. Han. Yeah, let's go, man. Let's, let's make this happen. Let's make I'm here. Happen. I will. I will. I'm that guy wearing the fucking movie. air controller headphones while he plays yeah. guitar. Yes. <laughs> Just protecting his ear health, man. Come uh, on. Don't judge a guy. Uh-huh. Those are always 2000s. Everybody's looking weird. Anyway, Hook just murks the dude, wins with the red rum. Out comes Stokely Hathaway, Lee Moriarty, and Big Bill. Big Bill, baby. Sign me up. Uh, they were talking trash. Stoke, who, by the way, had already done the Lord's work in his match with Ethan Page, yeah. continued to do, continues to do the Lord's work. Uh, by making a great Southwest air joke at Hook's expense. Uh, Jack Perry makes a save real quick, takes out Moriarty, but Big Bill has a face-off with Hook, and I suddenly really want to see a Big Bill and Hook match. Yeah, I mean, just the intensity of the stare-down, you know, Big Bill looking like the big motherfucker he is, looking down at at Hook, and Hook just not 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 giving giving an an inch, inch. not scared at all, like, let's go, fucker. And then he lifts him up. About to do the, uh, the what T-bone. is it, the T-bone, the T-bone suplex, um, yeah. but he gets uh, thwarted. Uh, Big Bill goes for the choke slam, and in comes uh, Jungle Jack with the equalizer. Uh, he apparently raided uh, Hacksaw's house before yes. the. Uh, this is this did not look like a two by four. It was a little thicker than a two by four. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's but, like maybe a two and a half by four. Something yeah, like there you go. Two point five by four it does yeah. not have the same ring. No. Let's call it a three by five. Just was like he epic. the one who broke into Hacksaw's house? Was it? Did it, was, it was, yeah, it was, jung, it was Jungle Boy. Right. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, we had a video package showing the past few weeks of Chris Jericho's life and a promo from Jericho that 
was meant to look like it was live, but I'm pretty sure it was taped the week before. Yeah, most likely. Uh, saying he was going to school Starks next week in Seattle, told Action Andretti to uh, stay out of AEW. Props, Action Andretti, Friday night at MCW, yep. wearing the tape and eye patch to sell yep. the fireball. Yep. Uh, and uh, Jericho said he was going to end the Starks experiment this coming week in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Christ, I fucking hope Chris Jericho does not win that match. Yeah. There's zero reason he should. None. But, you know, it's Chris Jericho, so you always have that fear lingering in the back of your mind. Yeah. Uh, Renee Paquette backstage with Swerve Strickland and the rest of, rest of Mogul Associates. Yeah, I don't love the name. It may grow on me, but I, I don't I don't love it. Uh, Renee said his actions last week against Keith Lee were disgusting. Which made Strickland laugh. I like Strickland as the kind of kooky villain. Yeah. I, 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 it, it, he plays it well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he said, you know, everybody knows who Parker Boudreaux is, but we'll find out who the other guy is in due time. Translation, uh, they haven't figured out a name for him yet. Right, yeah. Uh, Wheeler Yuta interrupts and is immediately outshined on the mic. Yeah. Uh, said that he wanted a match against Strickland on Rampage, which, hey, I'm cool with that. Uh, that match, by the way, apparently got bumped up. It was supposed to be on the Seattle Dynamite, but because of so many people having issues traveling into uh, Denver, oh. they decided to do it on Rampage. Wow. Uh, Wheeler Yuta sounds like he should be in some remedial class somewhere. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> they say I'm a little slow, eh? <laughs> like he he's trying so hard to sound like a badass. And I know. It just doesn't come no, off naturally. The effort's in there. It's it's yeah. it's just a, a tone and maybe not as so much inflection. It's just the way his voice sounds. I just can't yeah. take him seriously as a badass. No, I'm I I'm with you. He's got like my voice. I I cannot sound like a badass. He he's gotta figure like... out like Danielson had a similar problem back in the day. And what made Danielson work with time is he just figured out, like, okay, how do I bring the real me to yeah. this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'll put it together. I mean, the dude is killer in ring, and yeah. he had a great match Friday night, so it's not like, you know, he's he's not delivering. Right. It's just his promos really don't work out great, especially when he's paired against someone who is so good on the mic, like Swerve. Yeah, no doubt. Suddenly, we went back to the back. As it turns out, the elite at Death Triangle were already brawling. In, Love it. In advance of their Falls Count Anywhere match. This was elite match got the memo of the best of seven series. The elite did get the memo. They were wearing jeans. Yeah. They were wearing knee pads over the jeans. Kenny Omega was rocking an Ibushi shirt. Yeah, he so, was. Read uh, into that what you will. Read into that what you will. And this was just a wild, fucking awesome brawl. This, Man. how they ha how they made this feel different from the prior week's match. Yeah, is truly a masterclass because on paper, no it's DQ, the same false gimmick, count yeah. anymore, same gimmick. Yeah, this just was a wild brawl, uh, taking out some of the most obviously fake. Uh, um, Trash cans, uh, trash and... cans, and and uh, uh, food backstage food catering oh, setups yeah. and yeah, and there's all that. <laughs> that's like yeah. catering at a, at a freaking uh, I don't know the the most podunk of indie events. That's yeah. not an AEW catering setup. Yeah, that is not a, a proper AEW catering. They're setup. like Doritos and you know uh, Safeway cookies on a tray. Yeah, literally, we have forty dollars to go to the Costco yeah. to make this work. Right, let's go. Um, Jeff but, uses petty cash that day. But this was awesome. Their brawl on the ramp was filled oh my God. with some of the craziest spots I've ever seen. What a sprint. I mean, Matt did the Northern Lights suplex, like three or four of them down the ramp. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ended up doing a double suplex on Pac and Phoenix to finish that. Yeah. Um, uh, Phoenix pops up from the entrance structure right. to do the Tornillo. As he's celebrating, Omega flies out from the other side of the screen with a gorgeous V-trigger. All-timer on a V-trigger right there. That's Mount Rushmore. Just just so fucking good. Uh, then they were brawling in the ring. Everything was crazy. Uh, we ended up with a BTE trigger on Penta. Pack breaks up the count. Pack gets uh, put into what would have been a uh, Melter driver. He gets out, sends Matt into Nick. Locks a brutalizer on Matt. Uh, he as that's happening, uh, Omega and Phoenix are on the stage. 
Omega hits a one-wing angel off the stage, gets the three count while Matt's still in the brutalizer. So basically, Omega gets the three count. Mm-hmm. That's the point that Matt taps. So mm-hmm. technically, Omega gets the win before Pac does. Right. Yeah. But both teams get a visible win. Very clever. Yeah. I I, I thought it was a great finish. Yeah. And, you know, the they did it in split screen, so we saw what was happening, uh, you know, production-wise, because they're hard to keep track of these sorts of matches, but yeah. I think they did a good wise, uh, good, a good job of showing everything that was going on, and the timing was there, and obviously these two teams are intimately familiar with each other, so it's, that's yeah. not an issue. Um, and I feel like they're laying into each other a little bit more each week, so the Escalera de la Muerte uh, in a week and a half is yeah. going to be something to behold. And I also wonder how Kendi was feeling on that trip to uh, Japan. Yeah, right. Apparently he was flying in yesterday. I'm sure he was like, you know, first class cabin, late. Yeah, but still, that doesn't change the fact that your ass is probably bruised from doing a one wing angel off the balcony or off a stage. Just get a get a butt massage when you get there. (laughs) That's what knocks for, right? (laughs) Yeah. Nakazawa. Nakazawa. Not Nakamura. Yeah. Um. So then we had a music video from the acclaimed on Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, look, it's, it was it was pretty good. I don't know which line was more brutal about Jay Lethal, which is you. Uh, the the two that stood out for me was uh-huh. you were the top guy in Ring of Honor's worst years. Yep. And also, you've been wrestling twenty years, and no one—I don't know, remember exactly, but it's something like you've been wrestling twenty years, and no one impersonates you. Yeah. Well, there was also the line that you fought Ric Flair, who's 74, and lost. Uh, so that, that was also pretty brutal, too. Uh, and then, of course, the line that got uh, that got Karen Jarrett all um, yeah. all up in a tiz. Oh, God. Uh, if she's on dyna- or Dynamite on Wednesday. Oh, no. You go to join Justin in, in your vetoing of the, uh, of the AEW? No, because I have to tell you what happens. <laughs> I'm a good friend. I appreciate you, pal. Anyway, great video. Yeah, and, it was fun. Uh, just absolutely ridiculous and brutal. Uh, and apparently uh, the line was originally in, when Caster wrote it, he tweeted out, um, you're the worst Jeffrey since Dahmer. Yeah. Uh, Dahmer wasn't the original plan Jeffrey he was going to use there. I think he was going for an Epstein. Oh, an Epstein joke? And it got, uh, it got, it got, it got, it got uh, nanoed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. wisely so i think you need to probably distance from that yeah yeah i i think that's the smarter move good bit of censoring there um we had anna jay and ty mello uh defeating ruby so and willow nightingale because this feud must continue it was fine yeah it was fine no no complaints um, was this, uh, around nine fifteen in the evening then uh, it was nine twenty. yeah there you go yep nailed it uh, then Lexi Nair is backstage stopping the guns from leaving the arena who said they're the best team in AEW had dinner reservations. I mean, it's pretty late for a dinner res. But... Yeah, I know, right? Okay. Even considering time zone differences. Right. Yeah. Well, actually, it, was, well, yeah, it would have you know been, been seven. Yeah. Not that bad. Okay. All right. I take it back. Renee Paquette backstage with Ricky Stark saying he feels a lot better than Action Andretti. He's going to get revenge for him in Seattle. Little buddy, uh, he said, uh, January 4th is gonna be a master class in Starks whipping Jericho's ass. Love nice it, nice little rhyme there. He's gonna take Jericho down several notches, and I can't wait for that match. Mm-hmm. Then we had Joey Samoe defending the TNT championship against Wardlow. Uh, the heat for this match was off the charts, yeah, crowd was mega hot. Uh, and I loved Joe talking shit on the mic to start the match, yeah, so good, yeah, and so of course, you know. Good. It's a spot we've seen dozens of times before. The guy gets injured, fights his way through the uh, doctors and everything. He's like, no, I'm going to fight this match and then lose. Yeah. uh, (laughs) But I was genuinely surprised that he lost. Uh, AEW uh, basically played one on the fans uh, as they had up in the rafters a thing of confetti set up. Oh, did they? Yes. So everyone was like, well, Wardlow's winning. Well, Wardlow's ah, winning. Okay. And then people then thought, oh, maybe Trent's winning. No one nope. won a title. Yeah, no title changes. Uh, but Joe ends up winning, uh, hits the rear naked choke. This was Wardlow's first singles loss since March. So uh, kind of a big deal for Joe there. Um, mm-hmm. 
Post-match, Wardlow gets up to his feet. Joe lays him out again. Goes under the ring. Pulls out scissors. Yeah. Takes out Paul Turner with a headbutt. And then cuts the man bun off of Wardlow. I need Joe to start wearing a necklace with the the man bun on it. And just like <laughs> gradually as he defeats people, adds more trophies to yeah. this necklace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they, they tried to do that with uh, Kong and Brandy at the very beginning of AEW. Yes, it didn't work yes. very well. But I feel yeah. like Joe can pull it off. Oh, 100%. Um, in terms of Wardlow, it is kind of odd when you think about, you know, he's cooled off. He yeah, has cooled off considerably. Like he, but honestly, he could have been a world title level guy. It was the pairing with Joe that kind of cooled him off. Yeah. And I'm not sure what the intent was of, of pairing them together. Uh, but the outcome of that is Joe as your shithead, you know, uh, what is it? TNT title holder uh, and ring of honor TV title holder uh, is, is probably better and you know joe getting up there in years i'm not sure joe's gonna be aew champion so if he gets a solid run as tnt champion here um i I feel like that kind of checks a box box off wardlow plenty of time to to rebuild and totally and and you know he's he's a younger fella so um and certainly i could see him being uh an aew champion in, in a couple years time totally agreed um, but post-match, Joe is, uh, uh, you know, holding up the TNT title and Wardlow's hair. Darby Allen's music hits, and he pops up from behind Joe with his skateboard, sends Joe scattering. Darby holds the title, and it's clear that these two are going to have another match, which, after that first one, fuck yep, let's yeah. Go. And it was announced the following day that that was going to be as a part of the Seattle show this coming week. So, mm-hmm. awesome stuff. And then it was the show we were waiting on. But not real. AEW Rampage kicked off with both Orange Cassidy and Trent Beretta in the ring. They aired the entrances on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. On commentary was Excalibur, Tony Schiavone, and Tall Paul. As, yeah, uh, yeah, no BS Paul White. Yes. As, who uh, is a lot on yeah. commentary. Yeah, he's he's a lot. Uh, Jim Ross was given the week off because he was going to one of the bowl games. So that's, okay. that's what happened there. Arch I mean, Cassidy and Trent had themselves a pretty damn good match, I thought. Um, it was fun. I liked that the the way they kind of played off of each other and knowing each other and mm-hmm. the reversals and, you know, the hijinks and, and, and stuff like that. And you had um, you had Chucky e. T and you had Dan Housen on the outside. It was there was a lot of fun stuff in here. And I don't think anybody really thought Trent was going to beat OC here. Yeah. Um, and I, I got to say, I thought Kip Sabian was was OK on the on the guest commentary. Adding, I liked him a lot in the booth. He didn't say too much. He he got his point across quickly. Yeah, and got in and got out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so uh, a well done uh, for Kip Sabian there. I gotta I gotta say it, dude's grown on me quite a yeah. bit. So yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully his match at Battle of the Belts next week is not the end of the Kip Sabian experiment. I mean, aside from KB, uh, Kabian, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford, I mean, the, the people at the Hot Topic um, uh, Corporation have to be, you know, hoping that this push continues so that, yes. you know, they can continue to sell him pants and guy liner. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, we had uh, uh, a, a backstage interview that was taped after Dynamite Wednesday. Tony Schiavone interviewing Darby Allin and Sting. Schiavone letting him know about the TNT title match in Seattle. And Sting cut a promo. At Darby, which proved he's not just a stepdad; he's the dad who stepped up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Darby essentially saying how nobody he doesn't care or doesn't know if anybody believes in him, and even turning to Sting and say, "I don't even know if you have my back," sort of thing. And Sting uh, took umbrage to yes. said uh, comments. Yeah, he said he doesn't Laid want Darby him. to lose the chip on his shoulder and basically give him a bunch of tough love. On the way to Seattle, Washington. Yeah. So I mean, then, if, if this leads to a Sting and Darby match down the line, you know. Sure. What the hell? You don't pair up two people without them fighting each other at one point. So it's got to happen yeah. at some point. 
and Darby's uh, Darby's bump card is has filled up perhaps the quickest of any wrestler in history. So, yeah. you know, got to got to pick and choose pick and choose those moments. Uh, Kip Sabian then uh, yeah. squashed a uh, random jobber, uh, a Tibia, a Tiba. Yep. Anyway, uh, sure. Hit uh, an orange punch for the win. Not very good orange punch either, but no, I feel like no, that might have been on purpose. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like he kind of just grazed the ear. Exactly. And then uh, Lexi Nair is backstage with Preston Vance, who is now making his new nickname known Pero Pelagrosos. Yeah, the dangerous dog. Dangerous uh, dog. Not, not, uh, not the best promo for a guy who's really starting to branch no, out on his own no, here. That, that dude has uh, so, a five-star look and a one-star mouth. He's, yeah, he's, not, well, he's not skilled on the microphone. Get him, get him a, get him a talker. I mean, Jose was right there. Jose yeah. is okay uh, on the on the mic, so maybe maybe this was a trial run and uh, it was Jose a, it was a okay on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then uh, Tony Schiavone in ring with John Moxley. John Moxley cutting a promo on Hangman Page, talking about how they've uh, fought everyone but each other, leading to their inevitable showdown. And when they finally had that match, Moxley proved he was the top guy because while Page was in the hospital. Mox slept like a baby. Yeah, great line. Great line. But uh, he said, uh, if you can get cleared, I'll face you on, uh, I keep wanting to say July, January 11th in Los Angeles. All right. I mean, I feel like this will probably continue to full gear in some kind of gimmicky sort of thing. Oh, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Um, Then Jeff Jarrett and these assholes cut a promo on the acclaimed. I didn't even pay attention to it. Yeah. uh, It was white noise. Yeah. I, I think I played a few games of Snap. Same. Uh, then Jade Cargill defeated Kira Hogan to retain the TBS championship. This is pretty snug. Yeah, yeah, there may have been some uh, some either it's just the greenness of Jade showing through, or she really had some heat there. Uh, right. They they were laying in. We had a uh, video promo from Jamie Hader. Yeah, solid little pre-tape. Uh, yeah, I, I I dig it. I I mean, Hater is a full package as women's champ. She's, oh yeah, it's just uh, we we got to get her out of the Brit zone. That is the yep. key thing here. Yeah. Uh, Mark Sterling in the back with Lexi Nair saying he was sick of Brian Danielson interfering in MJF's affairs. MJF is both his best friend and best client. Uh-huh. So for pro bono. Pretty decent Tony Nese against Brian Danielson on Dynamite on Wednesday. I mean, for Danielson's first match in AEW in his home state, Tony Nese is the best you can fucking come up with? Apparently, it's who Danielson wanted to go against. Oh, Brian. Okay. All right, bud. Yeah. You do you. Then the main event was, of course, uh, Swerve Strickland and Wheeler Yuta. Um, well, Damn fine match. Hold on. You're glossing over the most important part of this entire segment is that in the, the pre-show promo, uh, John Moxley officially recognized Killshot from Lucha Underground as <laughs> as his I? favorite wrestler for I? years and Swerve kind of just shrugging it off. And how dare you, Swerve? <laughs> how dare you? Yeah, well, he's a heel and, and he wanted to become a heel specifically to you, Chris. And, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, hey, look, we're getting that rematch on Wednesday. Yeah. I know um, AR Fox and, and Swerve. Yes. Yeah. Uh, God, what was it? Something of war? Uh, three stages of war or sucks, something like something. that? Three stages of hell? I don't remember what it was called. Yeah. But man, that match from Ultima Lucha 3, maybe? I don't remember. Yeah. It, it, it all blurs together. All time all time classic. And I think it's still on YouTube if you just look up Killshot. And, yeah. Uh, didn't we do a redo of that one time? We might have. I think if, if we haven't, we should. I don't know. Um, anyway, damn fine match, but. Uh, Swerves the one on the way up, so sure. uh, he hit the low blow, and uh, then the JML driver for the finish. I don't know what JML stands for, by the way. Um, that's my sister's uh, uh, initials. Initials. So maybe shout out Chris's sister. Yeah, I highly Strickland. doubt. Highly uh, doubt. But uh, this Wednesday on Dynamite, uh, we've got, as you mentioned, AR Fox against Swerve Strickland. We've got. Mm-hmm. Jade Cargill and Red Velvet against Kira Hogan and Sky Blue. MJF is contractually obligated to appear in Seattle. Love it. Uh, we've got uh, uh, the acclaimed going against 
these assholes. These assholes. We've got Joey Samoe against Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. Uh, we've got Tony Nice against Brian Danielson. Yeah. And of course, we've got Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks. Uh, it's it's a stacked show. That's a big that's a big lineup there. Yeah. Uh, and then that takes us into uh, January 11th. But what I think is most notable is randomly we're getting a battle of the belts Friday night live right after Rampage. Yeah. I mean, typically you'd want a little more build for something uh, special thing like that. I I think even they realized last minute, oh shit, we have a battle of the belts, but we're finally getting Kip Sabian against Arch Cassidy. Um, That'll be in Portland on Friday night. I wonder if Rampage is going to get a rebrand too. Uh, I I get, I mean, if they're changing the stage, I can't imagine they're bringing two stages along to, yeah, these shows. I mean, Rampage will be live in a different place, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll we will find mm-hmm. out this coming week. Uh, but it's a new year, new us, same you. And until next time, for the Rough House Podcast, I've been Marty, and I'm Christoph, and I uh, no, it's the same me. I can't think of shit funny to say, so let's just let's just end it here. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod- House uh podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. You saw what the McMahon family did for Daniel Bryan to turn him into a business acceptable contender. Here's what we'll do for you. We can turn you into a corporate entity that people will respect, will fear, and will pay attention to. Someone that draws money. Someone that sells merchandise. Someone to be one note. Someone to shove down the crowd's throats. So you've got long hair, and you can bounce around the ring in exciting ways. What you need is jean shorts, colorful t-shirts, and a salute. Let's just say you're an indie darling, and people are really looking forward to your debut. El Generico. Here's what you need. A bright t-shirt, the most generic of salutes, and jean shorts. McMahon McMakeovers. We have Arizona jeans on speed dial. Now say you're someone in a tag team that was really lighting up the indie circuit, and you're looking to make it in the big league. We'll fire your partner, give you a salute, slap a colorful t-shirt on you and give you the freshest pair of jean shorts you've ever seen or say you have thousands of moves everything from figure four leg locks missile drop kicks brain busters to shooting star presses plus great greco-roman mat skills that's not what you need what you need is a shoulder tackle a bright t-shirt a salute and some jean shorts mcmahon mcmakeovers no color is too bright no salute too generic no shorts undenimed Maybe you're stewing, brooding, dark, mysterious character from Parts Unknown, whose backstory people are dying to know more about. Well, how about we send you off to visit some sick kids, give them a salute and a bright color t-shirt, and you're going to be wearing jean shorts. At McMahon McMakeovers, we can turn you into who we need you to be. McMahon McMakeovers. (laughs) 